Welcome. Uh, we're doing a live edition of uh, the Connect Together podcast here at Ray Odom, Rockwell Automation on the Move uh, here in Portland, Red Lion, uh, with CES, our Columbia division. Um, and uh, I have the one and only Tad Grop. <laughs> That's correct. I said that right. Oh. Yes, you did. Uh, first try. Um, and so we'll be uh, talking uh, more about the connected enterprise, industrial networks, mm-hmm. uh, industrial IoT, whatever the heck you want to call it. <laughs> yes. uh, I don't know. He can probably, I think Tad's going to ask and uh, figure out and tell us why it has so many names. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. which one should we... Uh, which one should we call it? Well, uh, Connected Enterprise is the, is the box that holds all the parts together. So uh, one of the Rockwell guys, Doug Jorgensen, had an analogy on Connected Enterprise. And what he said was Connected Enterprise is like an empty box. And the Connected Enterprise package includes all the different parts and pieces that we sell and we offer including you know the hard mechanical parts the services the partners um, connected enterprise is kind of the glue that holds everything together so okay. in a nutshell that's kind of the easy way to think of connected enterprise okay um, so it's more of an entire solution. It is. And then the concept is industrial network. That's kind of the physical infrastructure. That is correct. And then yeah. and then the buzzword is industrial IoT. That is correct. <laughs> exactly. And we got to figure it out. All right. I know. Hey, I everyone know. else out there, that's what that's what that's what it all means. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So introduce yourself, uh, Tad. Um, I'm. My name is Tad Grop. Uh, I joined the team back in uh, February of 2016. Uh, my previous life, I was an electrical and datacom contractor and uh, was really fortunate to find a group of people here that, uh, that I fit in well with, and we work great as a team. Um, the specialists are fantastic here. Uh, it's, it's just really been a fun year and a half getting to know everybody and kind of get involved with customers and, and the process. So you're on the other side. So you're. Uh, I was on the you're dark delivering. side. Delivering. <laughs> yeah. Oh no way! That's the best side. We're, yeah. We're here just trying to support you guys. I know, but yeah. uh, so, <clears throat> so it's good having you here. Thank um, you. So I mean, you have a unique perspective then. So you have you see both sides. You you were there, actually implementing the connected mm-hmm. enterprise. And so I know our first topic on here is going to be uh, what the advantages are mm-hmm. of connected enterprise yeah. or uh, industrial network and connecting yeah. your whole plant. So it's cool to have you as both sides of it. I'd love to. Hear like okay so why what are the advantages why should a customer care it you know in today's world if you want to be competitive in a global market you have to be your technology base has to be as high as possible um, for the the guys with their hands on the money the you know the board members the owners they have to make decisions based on what you're doing out in the field and on the plant floor so to do that you have to collect data and it can't just be guys writing things down a notebook and shipping it off to the corporate office you really have to have data that tells you how efficient you are um, is your are your processes accurate and correct and you know all that includes uh, downtime and you know how do we get a box of product to the customer faster yeah and the only way to do that is to um, know what your your system is doing yeah and connected enterprise is part of that uh, philosophy and and that that way that those owners can collect that data make a decision that increases profitability 
and inefficiency. So it's all about big data. It's a, it's Which, all about big data. And people are actually putting all this data on notebooks. Like that happens. It not too long ago. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was a uh, you know five years ago. Uh, actually, in some of our customers' cases, several months ago, they are writing out reports, sending that report on to the upper level, and they're making decisions based on that what that piece of paper has. Huh. And so if it's like me, like my handwriting is absolutely horrible. Like they would probably see an eight and think it's a three, and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah. like the line goes yeah. haywire. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing that's what yeah. <laughs> could happen. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, the the you know what we do for our customer is is uh, is really cool. It's it's bringing those manufacturing processes into that 21st century and competing with with all the other countries. Hmm. So there's a lot of doubt, data out there that we can we can create, capture and they can make the customers can make great decisions based on that. So um, yeah, getting data is basically the first step, right? Yeah. So um, I think like most customers they're going to understand or not really know what to do with the data once they get it, right? That, is that a big issue right now? It is. It is. You know, the customers have a lot of our our products in their in their factories now that create data, but they're not capturing it. Hmm. So we're trying to connect all the pieces together so they can start collecting that information to start making better decisions. So do we have things here, let's say at Rayotum, that can help like once you get the data like Here's how to use it, or make it at least easy for them to use the data. Absolutely, or is it all automated. Yeah, it's we have you know everything here at the show. Um, we can walk you through a basic process and end up with showing you software that collects that information and puts it in a format that is easy to understand and you know able to hand that to the guy making decisions and he can see what his system's doing. So what's the, the most important reason to, I guess, uh, use the data that you have? Like if you have one, if you're going to, you're, you're a customer, right? You're probably working in mm-hmm. the facility quite a bit. Like I know you're implementing the solution, but it's like this is the one thing that this is why you need the data and you need to use it. Uh, makes you more profitable. You know, the end result is you got to make money. And to make money, you have to make those right decisions. And in today's world, the right decision isn't based on what you visually see. It's what the data tells you. And if you follow that data correctly, you're going to make those great decisions and you're going to make the company money and you're going to be able to compete. Weird. Nowadays, everything just about the money. It, <laughs> in a sense, unfortunately, the oh, world, sure. yeah, the world uses money to make it go around. Well, it so. starts there. I mean, you gotta. I mean, it's it's you. Let's keep people's jobs, right? Let's keep yep. the, Let's keep getting more units out the door. Yeah. That's all. I mean, that's what we're here for, anyways, yeah. right? That's, that's right. And so. there's a little bit of that concept. I know when I tell people that I'm an, an automation specialist and I'm with a group of uh, automation people. You know, their first thought process is, oh, you know, you're the ones taking away those jobs. And in, in actuality, it's, it's exactly opposite. There are, our customers are looking for good, qualified people to help them in their business, and there's a shortage. Um, Mike Rowe, the, the, he's kind of the, the voice of... Uh, is that the dirty jobs guy? The dirty jobs guy. You know, <laughs> I like he, that guy. Yeah, I do too. But he's he's been preaching the fact that we have a skills gap 
in this country, and it really is true. We have customers who don't have enough people because of automation to, they don't have enough people to do the work they need done. Hmm. So we have local area community colleges, um, Perry Tech and Yakima, Idaho State University has a great program. There's a lot of those colleges that have skills-based education that they can't pump enough people out of those. Hmm. I mean, they are really, there's a real skills gap. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's getting bad. <laughs> so I mean, I'm guessing. I mean, that's, that's not even just for this industry. I know no. I'm involved in a lot of industries, and every single industry is talking about big data, mm-hmm. and no one knows how to use it. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> I mean, Or they don't know how to capture it to use it. Yeah, oh, good point. You yeah. know, they're, yeah. the, uh, what, what I do is I help them on the, the infrastructure and the software level capture that data. Mm-hmm. And they have they have things out on their plant floor that actually produce data. They just don't know how to get it. Yeah. So starting at the lower level infrastructure up through um, managed network switches, software. That's that's what we do. That's what we help the customer do. See now you're, now you're segueing in. So you're uh, a pro at this. Uh, no. By the way, so first big data. Uh, Money, making money, yep. getting more units out there. Yeah. Now let's talk about the boring stuff, right? Or maybe it's a, a, the exciting stuff. It, the for me, it's exciting, yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> I, I'm a hands-on guy, so when we start talking about infrastructure and managed switches, I really like it. So it's, uh, you know, you got to start. If you're going to collect the data, you got to have a network to collect it with. Yeah, yeah. And in most cases, it's the networks out there aren't, they were never built for big data. You know, they were built for small, a computer here, a computer there. So we go in, show the customer how to make that a secure, robust network so they can just start plugging stuff in. Hmm. You know? so, um, so is there an ideal infrastructure? There is. There is. Um, rock- oh, really? Oh, man. Absolutely. I, 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 mean, I don't know what I'm doing. All you got to do is read the stuff. <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, there's been... There's some... Talk to Tad for the ideal infrastructure. Yeah. I, I can pass on the PDF and then we can go over it. Nice. Um, there's been a, a lot of smart people at Rockwell, Cisco, and Panduit that have created um, an infrastructure model that has been proven and successful. And... Uh, uh, Converge plant-wide Ethernet um, is Rockwell and Cisco's uh, basically roadmap to a perfect network, hmm. a future-proof, robust, you know, plug anything in, it works type of network. And uh, and we that's kind of our network gospel. We spread that word and, and show the customers how to do it. So, I mean, that, you bring up a good point. So it's not just uh, us or or just Rockwell. It's Cisco. It's Stratus. It's yeah. What other ones? Is yeah. It, oh, do it's you have to use all these together. Panduit, um, Cisco, Stratus, Ewan. I mean, whatever the customer needs in this environment, we offer. So it's uh, you know, we we can deliver the total package. We can we can sell them the conduit and the wire to connect the equipment, we can sell them a network cable, the fiber, um, to build the network, all the components were a one-stop shop from, you know, it, when the when the building's built, we can go in there and take care of all the electrical and datacom needs. Yeah, so you're not like buying bits and pieces, right? That's you're right. You're buying a ton of stuff together. We're talking to 
I don't know, both you guys as consultants on the distributor side, mm -hmm. and then the person that's delivering it, right? Yep. Or you were the yeah. contractor side. Yeah, on the contractor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, our the benefit of Columbia Electric Supply and and CED is we we offer the training, we offer the the way that um, the customer, whether it's the end user or the contractor. We offer that knowledge that they need to do it right, hmm. and we help them down the road. A um, lot of success stories. So don't talk to me, because I don't have the knowledge, but I help bring the knowledge from Tad, <laughs> who's, who's brilliant at this sort of stuff. So, um, so I have in the notes here, too, um, I don't know anything about this, but I know the Stratix sort of integration. Mm -hmm. Have we touched base on that yet and, and, and what that means into the infrastructure? The great thing about the Stratix switches, um, you know, they're a Cisco-based switch. So in most worlds, the IT guys love Cisco. I mean, they are the top dog in the industry. When Rockwell partnered with them, they built the Stratix switch. And the cool thing about the Stratix switch is you don't need to be a Cisco-certified, you know, network guy to know how to use it properly and to use it to your advantage. Um, the Stratix switch integrates into Studio 5000. So the guys running the PLCs in the process now look at that switch on the network as another piece of equipment. And in that switch, you've got alarming events, you've got different functions in it to help that operator run that network efficiently and pull that data. You know, that, that switch is the highway for that data to flow through so you can collect it. And they're, they're a great product. Um, our customers are, I mean, we're selling a, a ton of them because they're seeing the value in it. And they're actually building their networks through those managed switches that collect that data accordingly. So, so I know this is off topic. I don't know. I was just looking the other day and doing some uh, posts about managed and unmanaged switches. And then mm -hmm. there's a, a light managed switch. And like, what? Like, I don't know if the light managed switch is new, but what's the difference between all those? Is it is it like screw the screw the non-managed right? The mm -hmm. unmanaged switch. I yeah. only need the managed. Or yeah. Is it like depend on the application or like what's going on? It, like, a little. Teach me, Tad. Yeah. <laughs> well, with customers, if you have if they're if they've got a plant full of unmanaged switches they're having problems. Um, getting rid of the unmanaged switches and adding managed switches, the managed switch will actually, it's the traffic cop. So a managed switch will see the data being processed through it and point it in the right direction. So if the, if the packet of data needs to turn left, the managed switch tells it turn left. Hmm. An unmanaged switch gets the packet of data and goes, oh boy, where does it go? I'm going to send it everywhere. So the managed switches, number one, they process that data where it needs to go instead of just everywhere. Huh. So it, it reduces bandwidth, it, it creates a cleaner network. Um, lightly managed switches give you certain functions. Uh, we have this QoS, quality of service. So a, a lightly managed switch gives you three or four options in how that data is transferred through the network. Fully managed switches give you more options. Um, customers use things like uh, device level ring. You know, it's a redundant way to make a network, but you gotta have a fully managed switch to manage that device level ring. Hmm. And 
when that ring is managed, if there's a break or a problem, you don't lose any data. It instantly changes. It goes from, it's like taking the express lane on the highway. Um, it, it changes from one way to the other way. So you don't lose any data. Everything keeps working, no downtime. Okay. So a fully managed switch gives you lots of options. Um, lightly managed switches are great where, where we can use them. Interesting. So um, I know this is not in the notes. We're going to take a break here real quick, um, but we're going to come back and talk uh, IT and OT, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We're talking about switches, right? So Absolutely. How do, you, how do you bridge that gap and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. You ready? I'm ready. ready prepare you. I'm ready. All right. Sounds good. Welcome back, everyone. I'm again here with Tad Grop. Mm -hmm. Yes, at uh, Rockwell, Rockwell Automation on the move here in Portland at the Red Lion. So um, we're here with uh, CES, part of the Industrial Solutions Network. And uh, again, we're talking about connected enterprise and uh, what that all means, um, how we approach it in the market, and what's the infrastructure. And shoot, we talked a lot about the managed, unmanaged switches and what's mm -hmm. the difference. Um, so now we're getting into and jumping into um, you know, a bigger concept with this and what needs to happen to make it happen in the facility is that's, you know, you're dealing with two different gr two different groups of people at the facility, right? The yes. IT uh, and OT. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you say a lot of acronyms. You can go over, like, what the IT and OT are and what yeah. they do in the facility and maybe uh, and why we need to work with both. Yeah, you bet. Um, you know, starting with the OT, the operational guys, uh, they're the control engineers. They're the they're the guys who run the control network and run the equipment. Um, that's group one. Group two is the IT. Um, the IT guys are the upper level network administrators. They're the ones helping the owners really capture the the end data for use for decision making. And historically, we've had a there's been a big divide between OT and IT. The IT guys don't want the OT guys getting in their space and vice versa. Um, and understandably so. They're two different trained groups of people that, that have different skill sets. And in today's world, what we're having to do is, is both OT and IT are starting to see the same skill set being used. The OT guys are having to understand networks, and the IT guys are having to understand PLCs, HMIs, and, and process equipment. So, uh, and, and I'm sure they love that, or oh, they hate it. <laughs> I mean, it is a battle. Is it? Really? It, it, it it is it is naturally two groups of people butting heads, um, wanting they want the same thing. They'll, the end result is getting that product out the door. Yeah, yeah. But they look at it in two different. They look at it differently. So my part of my job is to sit both groups down at the same table and start hashing out differences. And what they end up finding in most cases is uh, on the OT side, 
they're looking at the network mm -hmm. and not understanding the language being uh, spoken. So OT guys need some, some training on the network side. IT guys need the training on the PLC control side. And once that training gets done by both sides, they have a better understanding of what they're doing. Hmm. You know, the, the OT guys are the ones that are, are called out in the middle of the night if something breaks down or, or a, a plant stops. The IT guys never, in a lot of cases, get those calls. But now that everything is being connected and uh, everything is a network-driven device, the IT guys aren't used to being called out in the middle of the night because the network goes down. Yeah. So they, both sides have to learn each other's jobs a little bit and cross-train. And once they cross-train, they start understanding what the other groups are doing, and things become a lot easier, hmm. you know. Um, do you just do you like bring them together and have some beers in there too? Does, does that help? That's that helps a lot. Okay. Yeah, that helps a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, getting getting each group to understand each other's world is what it's all about. Uh, I mean, and, that's, I guess that's true for anything. Yeah, I'm I'm never gonna probably get both groups to hold hands and sing Kumbaya, yeah. but they're gonna understand each other's problems yeah. and with some training, they start learning how to deal with those problems and and the world becomes a little better place. Okay. So, yeah, and that's pretty critical. Then it's what we need to do. So that's really the first critical. Thing you kinda, is that the first thing you do when you when you're trying to do a project like this because it has to happen? Yeah, yeah. Eventually, if I like starting at the bottom end at the the infrastructure side. Once the infrastructure is determined, then we have to start bringing IT in in most cases. And at that point, that's when we sit down and start talking a little bit. And I have a little bit of knowledge on both sides, so I can talk to the IT people just enough to get them interested. And then it's getting the two groups to talk together and, and start working out those problems so the customer can get their stuff faster. Hmm. So. If, if you have one thing you can say, it's like, why should a facility not wait any longer to do this sort of thing? What would you say? It, for me, in a nutshell, it's a simple choice. Do you want to be in business five years from now? And if the answer is no, just do what you're doing. Because sooner or later, the industry is going to overrun you if you don't start taking these technology steps. Um, you can't expect a factory to run in the in a in a process it was built in 2014 2017 if in 2021 the rest of the world is advanced hmm. so if you want to stay in business you got to take these steps if you if you've got a five-year plan and you're gonna close it down in five stay where you're at you know that's exact. That's kind of, in a nutshell, what's going to happen. So, is there is there any facility if, if there's customers like ah, we just there's no need or we just can't? Is, are there facilities like that or is like oh, a yeah. facility? Uh, there there are customers like that that are, you know, there's different reasons why, but there are a lot of customers out there that just don't want to spend the money to upgrade, and they don't want to think into the future to see where they're going to be a few years from now and what equipment's out there. They're happy doing what they're doing. And that's okay. That's their choice. But if they're a competing viable entity that wants to stay competing, you have to start looking at technology. Yeah. You know, technology is where it's at now. And once, they, once they're not afraid of it, because a lot of people are afraid of the new stuff, 
I'm afraid every time I get a new iPhone, man. I don't know <laughs> if the too. thing's going to turn on and run. Guy, but I don't, yeah, it's like... I'm scared of the new music that comes out. I know. They don't what, make it like they used to. I never thought I would ever say that. Vinyl, man. That's where it's at. <laughs> but know. you know where it's at now? Yeah, it's yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, they got to... They got to... They, they really have to accept the technology, know it's there, and then take the steps based on on how what what they're comfortable with okay. you know it's a it's a choice of theirs love it hey uh, I think we're gonna call it quits right now I think we're gonna do another uh, sort of session with mm-hmm. Tad here either later today or tomorrow yeah hey this is Tad dude thanks so much this is fantastic you yeah, know your stuff thank you um, you know we're gonna be here all day uh, at, at the Rockwell Automation on the Move in Portland um, it's good stuff and we'll be back later with uh, more insight from the genius that is Tad Drop <laughs> thank you Right, thanks, thanks for having guys. me.